Fantasy Tragics with your hosts Mike, Aaron, and Big Max. Yes, here we are with the week 12 review, and this week we learnt that even though every single team is playing this week, it doesn't mean it's going to be a good week. Boy, there were some shocking games this week. Absolute shockers. None more than the Monday Night Football, which we're going to get into really soon, but I'm a bit deflated, Max, I have to say. Uh, Welcome in, and thanks for joining us. We are the Fantasy Tragics. I'm Mike, and with me each and every week is Big Max. Man, that Vikings versus Bears game to round the Thanksgiving week off was just terrible. Was just a really poor example of how great the NFL could be. But like I alluded to, there were some hard watches this week. That that first opening stanza of games on Monday, where there wasn't a touchdown, I think, until like maybe just this first half of those games. Did you did you struggle as much as I did, Max? Yeah, I think part of it is that when Halloween, sorry, Halloween, Thanksgiving has stolen half the ticket for the week. You can't hide the bad games in amongst the good games. Mm. Like anyone who watches Red Zone knows that sometimes you'll get halfway through the day's football and realize that you haven't seen a New England Patriot in four hours, you know, because at no point was there anything that was worth putting on television. But when there's only three or four games playing at a time, you you just you get what you get. And if it's the bad games, it's the bad games. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I had a lot of excitement going into this week because I, I knew I was going to get to watch a lot more, right? It's mm-hmm. rather than the red zone that I'm cramming all those games into. I was like, well, we've got three separate games on the Friday. Uh, we then had the game on the Saturday, which even though we said caught some people out as we as we saw in a group chat. Um, then obviously the Monday night game, the Sunday night game, all, all of these, all of these great games. But I was just left wanting more. The The scores around the league, and I think we are seeing the real trickle-down effect of what's happened to a lot of the QBs that these backup QBs are in, and it's affecting other players. I don't know, do you, is, it, is, it, is it more than just backup QBs dominating at the moment or not yeah. dominating? I don't know. And I, but maybe it's a little bit symptomatic of what we've talked about earlier is that defences in the league are just learning how to deal with pass-heavy offences. But I, I would have thought there was some pretty good fantasy scores that went up. I went through, and across the leagues that I'm in, I think there were something like six games where both teams between them put up more than 300 points. You know, there were some mm. top-level fantasy shootouts but I mean, I don't. I think I two of my four leagues, I barely broke a hundred points. So there were also some real droughts. Yeah, it's interesting you should say that. There, there was some decent points fantasy wise this week, and uh, we saw that loud and clear on the uh, team fantasy tragics. Uh, boy, did it rain points for us. Um, we will get into that very, very quickly. I, I, it's weird, right? Because next week we're heading into week thirteen. For most people, absolute crunch time. Do or die. Win and you might keep it live or win and you're in. There will be others that are like me in some leagues, your your league. I'm I'm already dead in the water. But still playing for, you know, 
kudos and all that. Yeah. And to ruin somebody else's year. Exactly, exactly. You gotta, you gotta love that guy that's sitting eleventh in your uh, league and knocks you out for your playoff contention. But next week we've got six buys, right? And the the scheduling this year, I feel like it's been a real shambles. We've talked about it a number of times, but it just doesn't add up to me that how this is a situation. Yeah, there's been a couple of really perplexing ones. Like, I get not having any teams having a buy on Halloween. Oh, my God, I'm going to get this right on Thanksgiving. <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Because you've got more days of football. Right? Like, you're, you're trying to cram as... You've got to have Correct. more games on the Thursday. You're yep. putting a game on the Friday for the first time. da 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 Right? So no buys that week's fine. But there was, like, week nine or something had no buys. Yep. Yeah. You had, you had six teams on buy, then nobody and then four teams on by, and you've got buys running all the way to week 14. Yeah. It's it's bad scheduling, and particularly because you and I both play in a league where they've got the playoffs starting in week 14, which is inexcusable, having to find buy cover in your playoff week. Questions are needing to be asked to the commissioners of that league, that is for sure. Uh, look, in-game injuries this week weren't... Uh, I think horrific. There was no one lost for the season as up to this point. Uh, but we did lose Olave and DTR to concussion during the game. Uh, Amari Cooper uh, left the game with a ribs injury. Uh, Rashid Shahid with a quad injury as well. And Baker Mayfield um, went down real early on. It might have been in fact the first, maybe the first drive of the game uh, with an ankle injury. He did return. Uh, didn't get the win, but was still able to throw some sweet, sweet touchdowns to Mike Evans, which I am loving a lot of. Um, you mentioned uh, just before we went uh, went live, obviously the Olave and uh, Rashid Shahid injuries, both playing for the Saints, could be one to watch there. Well, that might be a very interesting conversation to be had about waivers because Michael Thomas got placed on IR a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. If you... Let's just say that Shahid can't go and Olave's in the concussion protocol, so he misses the next game. I couldn't name you another wide receiver on the Saints. Taysom Hill. Well, th- this is it, right? The, like, so obviously Alvin Kamara will be targeted heavily. Yep, but it Taysom, already is. Yes, yeah. Yep. Like how how much more can he get? Mm. Taysom Hill. I assume people already have on their teams. You're unlikely to find him on waivers, but. If he was out there, you'd want to lunge at him. But perhaps guys like, uh, who was the tight end that we had and then let go? Juwan Jennings? Juwan yes. something? Yep. Yep. Um, like, I think you're going to have to go and find the Saints who are healthy. And if you need to take a punt on a wide receiver, that's where you go. Yeah. Yep. I, I would agree with that. It's I didn't see much of that game. I'm just trying to figure out why, but I'm not, nothing, not much of that game is uh, coming to memory. Did Carr play all right? I, I haven't looked at his points. Did you see much of that action? No, I don't think he did. That mean, they lost to the Falcons. They uh, did. They did lose to the Falcons, yeah. Olave I... off injured in the first half. He put up good fantasy numbers, but they were only in two quarters of football. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I forget. Yeah, for some reason, I didn't see any of that game either. I don't know what was going on. But um, can I just take a moment to say how disgusting the nfc south is it's not pretty it ain't pretty like we're looking at potentially two years in a row where the winner of the division 
finishes with a losing record. That's uh, yeah, horrific, right? Like you can't you can't have that. I mean, you can, and I understand why, but you can't have that. You can't have that. That you, you got people going to the playoffs with a losing record, beating yeah. out like there are going to be teams who absolutely deserve to be in the playoffs who are not there because the, the bloody Falcons get through with an eight and nine record. Well, the, the Falcons are the Falcons are sitting in fourth spot in the playoff um, playoff spots uh, with five and six, whereas the Cowboys are in fifth spot with eight and three. Yeah, yeah, that is exactly what I mean. Uh, it's yeah, the, it will be interesting uh, the wash up of that because I don't know if the Packers will end up staying there. But sorry, the Packers. I was reading what was on my screen. I don't know if the Falcons will end up staying there. Um, but I mean, who else is going to knock them off? Like, it's just a terrible, terrible division. Well, it's the Falcons with a losing record or the Saints with a losing record. It, there's going to be a, a bad, bad team yeah. stealing one of our team's playoff spots. Yes, that is very true. Very, very true. Well, one person that I'm hoping, or one, sorry, I should say, one team that I'm hoping is not going to have to worry about playoff spots is. Team fantasy tragic, because boy, we we've said it for the last couple of weeks. We just have to keep on winning, right? We just have to keep on winning, which is strange to say that when you're when you've been in the top spot for most of the year. Mm-hmm. But we identified our points for was a little light, but things changed this week, right? Things yeah, changed in what? a big way. It's a huge win for us, especially in a week where all of the top half of the league were playing each other as well. So those wins are almost worth double. If you took a hit, you're going to be feeling it. We came up Trump's 180.96 to 143.22. 143 points to the losing team. I mean, commiserations, but boy, we went, we went massive, massive. The I'll quickly give the rundown and then we can jump into a, a few of the details there. Um, our starting lineup was Matt Stafford, 24 points, Josh Jacobs, 24 points, Kyron Williams, 38 points, Mike Evans, 25 points, Tyreek Hill, 25 points, Trey McBride, 13 points, Alexandra Madison, 8 points. Okay, our kicker Hopkins, 6 points, and the Dallas defense, 16 points. Just every trick hit, right? Like, okay, sure, in the flex spot, we could have not played Madison and we could have played Jacoby Myers, who got 20 on our bench. But after what's been happening with Jacoby Myers lately, that was never going to happen. But that's literally it. Like, the 12-point difference between Madison and Myers is the difference in what we played compared to our mathematically best possible lineup. We missed by 12 points. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, so good. The Stafford-Kyron-Williams stack is looking delicious. I mean, that is picking Stafford up. It was, a. we talked, obviously, if you haven't listened yet, go back to last week's episode to hear about the drama of losing Burrow, going to the waiver wire. Are we playing Stafford? Are we not? We did. And having Kyron-Williams come back just at the right time for us is incredible. However... They do have the Browns next week. Yeah, they do. We don't have too many options 
to pivot away from them. So we will be playing both those guys, but I don't know if we're going to get that sort of those sort of numbers. But I mean, you shouldn't need those sort of numbers, right? True, true. We did go big this week. Like no, nobody rolls out there expecting thirty-eight points from your running back, and even twenty-four from a quarterback this season is tippity tip top. If they'd put up eighteen and twenty between them, we would still have beaten the fourth best team in the league by about thirty points. Yeah, that is nice. That so is really I, I I feel like it's okay. Also. Even if it's the worst matchup in football, you wouldn't be- bench Christian McCaffrey. You, you can't bench studs. Exactly. Because yep. your replacements are still Mad- Madison. You're still having to make a decision if you're starting Madison otherwise, which oh. you don't want to do. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, our two elite wide receivers of Evans and Tyreek uh, continue to rack up the points. Um, I've made a note here. Even though both of their respective QBs had pretty rough days, mm. really didn't score many points um, to a... Um, obviously, and uh, Baker mentioned him before, went out with a bit of an injury, came back. It's, it's the perfect opportunity. Well, sorry, it's the perfect scenario where you know that your guys can still score points even if the QBs have a bad day. It's such a relief to have, I think. Well, I mean, it's it's weird too, because we were playing Tyreek against Tua. Oh, yes, we were. Just looking at that, every time Sleeper popped up and said, Tyreek Hill's made a big catch for a bazillion yards, you sort of clench when you go to check it and see, oh, what's happened to Tua? What's happened to Tua? Nothing happened to Tua. Nine points. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I, I just registering that now, really. Um, yeah, look, the win is phenomenal and has gone a long way, a long way to securing that playoff spot. But I, I still don't feel completely safe. There is still an opportunity that um, if we don't keep on winning, I think there we could slip because of how tight the table is. I think the worst we can do is sixth. Okay, well, that means we're into the playoffs. I okay. think we are solidified as being in the playoffs but where we finish is to be determined by the next two weeks. Yeah, actually, and looking at that, so we're, we're, we're top of the table now, and we're the only team with nine and three. Then we've got second, third, and fourth, eight and four, fifth and six, seven and five. Yep. So we're good. We're good. We're good? Are we celebrating? We're, Are we locked in? We're locked in. We're in the we're playoffs. We're locked in. <sighs> That's uh, that's a huge that's a huge effort from uh, Team Fantasy Tragic this year. It's been a it's been a hell of a ride. We're locked in, and but we're not we're not going to stop here. We want to keep going. We want to we want to take this championship out. Obviously, the uh, 180 points this uh, this week definitely helped our points four as well, um, really giving us a, a bit of a boost there. So uh, onwards to next week. Uh, we don't want to drop the ball. Um, we don't want to lose any momento. A momentum, sorry, momento, momentum. Uh, we are playing a team that is eleventh on the table, so that's good. That's, I mean, that classic banana skin stuff, though, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Alrighty, we'll make sure you tune in next week to see how we go with that one.
On to our heroes and zeros of the week, Max. Do you want to kick us off with your heroes? I'm interested to see who you are donning the award to. Yeah, I I went back and forth on who I was going to do as the hero because initially I really wanted to go Jordan Love because the dude just made my Thanksgiving. Jordan Love, divisional matchup against the Lions. Neither of us gave the Packers a chance heading into this week. We were all talking about how good the Lions were going to be. Yep. The Lions weren't good. Jordan Love was. The Packers are one win, win over the Chiefs away from a playoff run. I'm calling it now. Okay, okay. Yeah. But Jordan Love, so there were a lot of really good stats coming out this week. Through his first 11 starts in the NFL, Jordan Love has thrown 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 2,599 2, yards, and has a record of 5-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I'm the only person who's calling him a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, consensus future Hall of Famer, through his yes. first 11 starts, had two fewer touchdowns, one fewer interception, 2,599 yards, and had a winning record of 5-6. and six. Well, well, well. They're the same man. They, or they look the same. When uh, when I see them out on the field, they definitely look the same. Yep, there, there's no no denying that. I mean, I was not expecting that performance from either side of the ball. Right, that yeah. was that was a real surprise to start Thanksgiving. I have to say. <laughs> well, the pack were playing with something like 17 on the injury report. We were down to one healthy wide receiver, no healthy defensive backs, no Aaron Jones. The, yeah. They they just wanted it more, I you know, without being too cliche about it. But they just they were hungrier for the win. I it found. looked it looked like Queensland playing New South Wales in State of Origin, mm. where even if New South Wales has the better team on paper, they just don't seem to get up for the occasion mm. in quite the same way. I think I don't know if the Packers are more into those divisional rivalries across the board, but certainly that one, it looked like they had a lot more desire to win really yeah and i think i mentioned it last week in regards to Goff just looking a little bit he had three interceptions the week before none this week which is which is great but he did have three fumbles which is <laughs> so, pretty much the same which will we'll, you know if we're, we're saying six turnovers in the last uh two weeks something's something suddenly changed there that they need to work out really quick if they really? want to become go back to those lines that are were very scary for a number of weeks there. Well, I don't know why they didn't lean on the run more. Yeah, I mean, they should have. Like, why Why is Jared Goff holding the ball long enough to be having it forced out of his hands? Yeah. Green Bay can't stop the run. I, I don't know. Maybe it's to do with the Lions um, getting behind early and feeling like he had to throw it. But I realized that this isn't the hero I wanted to talk about. It was... Um, Hero of the week, Pat Fryermuth. Ooh, tight end, Muth. tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Muth got Luth. Yes, he's coming back from injury. I don't think anybody would have started him unless they were absolutely desperate. Because you know you don't know how he's going to play. He might get hit in the knee and go straight back down. He didn't get hit in the knee and go straight back down. 
11 targets, 9 receptions, 120 yards, a cool 21 fantasy points. Lovely. The best part of that is, prior to this week, across the course of the season, he had 60 receiving yards. Total. 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 Okay. <laughs> this game, this game, he tripled his total receiving yards for the season. Wow. Yep, that's one way to make a... I mean, it's just surprising from the Steelers' point of view. They, they actually had uh, yards on the ground and in the air. Yeah, well, that's why I've put the Muth down as my hero of the week, because as a guy who's going to need Najee Harris to be successful if I'm going to make the playoffs in your league, mm. the, the Pittsburgh offense looked so much better with him out there. Yes. If they can move the ball through Pat Frymuth over the middle of the field and get down inside the 20, then the points that you're going to see to the Pittsburgh running backs, to the other Pittsburgh wide receivers, probably to Kenny Pickett himself, it's just such a more obvious pathway to success. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'll, be starting, this... I'll be starting the Muth next week. Yeah, no, I, 100%. He's a... Uh... A lock. He is a lock. The Steelers seven and four on the season. You know, sitting on the fifth spot in the playoff uh, picture. I mean, they just keep on getting it done, even though they look terrible at times. So, now nah, that's a the Muth is a valid, valid hero of the week. Um, my one is uh, we're changing things up a little bit here with my hero of the week, and I believe this is the first time we have uh, that a kicker has been chosen as a hero. Uh, and what might be a bit more surprising is that I'm uh, choosing an eagle uh, because I hate the eagles. Um, <laughs> so, but last night in the Bills versus Eagles game, uh, Jake Elliott slotted a 59-yard field goal to send the game to overtime. And not only is any kick over 50 yards hugely impressive in the NFL, uh, the weather conditions in Philly during the game were pretty wet and windy, obviously adding to the difficulty. The guy's got pretty a wet, pretty wet and windy is underselling it. You could not see him take the kick. It was yes, coming it was, down in sheets. Yeah, it was very. Well, yeah, it was. It, it, the The ball didn't move as it did move. There was he was playing for the wind. There's no doubt about it. Um, and it was definitely getting misty out there. So yeah, it was a high degree of difficulty. Um, but he, you know, he could have gone a, a couple more yards. I'd say on the kick, it was very impressive. But here's why he's getting my hero of the week. By hitting that field goal, making the game go to overtime, this meant Jalen Hurts got more game time. And not only more game time, but the game-winning 12-yard running touchdown, which for me personally pushed my one of my key matchups up and over my competitor, giving me the win. So I was ecstatic, ecstatic about that kick. I've never been happier about a Eagles field goal going over. <laughs> I wrote this uh, I wrote this last night, actually, and I said, I sure I still had Ty Chandler and the Vikings defense to play today to get those points, but you just sleep so much better on Monday night when the win has already been um, secured. Yep. And there is that is so true because you never know what's going to happen. As we mentioned at the top of the show, how poor the Vikings were. That may have got me. Well, the Vikings defense, I think, came away with uh, twelve or fourteen points. That that may have got me the win. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Jake Elliott, 
hero of the week. And he deserves it. We have had one kicker as a hero in the past, but he's not listed as a kicker in the roster. Yes. Yes, we have. Forever hero, Daria Grimbawali. Yeah. Pour one out for him. Uh, Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Did you see, talking about kickers, did you see the uh, Houston Texans missed field goal? They could have done with Jake Elliott's leg. Oh, boy. The donk off the crossbar. That was millimeters. You oh, know, that, those ones can hit the crossbar and go keep on going, right? Yep, Instead of going could have just backwards. Straight up and, yep, yep. Yep. I honestly, like, it's a shame Aaron's not here, but I am genuinely excited for the fact that we get to see the Jags play the Texans twice a year, every year for the next who knows how long. Because those look like they're going to be barn burners every single time. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. We've talked about CJ Stroud at length on this on this podcast, but I, I can't say enough about the guy. I'm so looking forward to next year. Him having the opportunity that he has, the rookies that they've got, another year in the system. Let's hope injuries don't hold him back and he just goes, goes nuts. Oh, man. But I, mean, I think... People are saying his wide receivers are helping him be successful. I think they've got it backwards. I think it is entirely on CJ Stroud. And I don't like normally to sort of blow quarterbacks up too much, but Tank Dell was drafted in the 2023 draft after guys like Jonathan Mingo. Mm, Wow, okay. Where's where's Jonathan Mingo? Yeah. You know, people were thinking that the start of the season will do a a Bryce Young-Jonathan Mingo stack in Carolina and what it'll no one was talking about a CJ Stroud tank Dell stack. Not at all. No. It'll be interesting to see what uh, where CJ Stroud goes in drafts next year. I think I'm not putting him there with, say, Mahomes, Hertz, uh, Allen. Not yet, but I could be in the minority there where a lot of people will put We'll go early on him. I think he's probably going to be sitting about where Trevor Lawrence was sitting this year. Maybe quarterback seven. He could he could win you your league. If you go early on him and get him, he could win you your league. He could. He could also be Geno Smith. <laughs> wow. Like, obviously, he's not Geno Smith, right? But last year, Geno Smith finished the year as like quarterback four. And that's why I drafted Geno Smith this year. And yep. that's the league I'm no longer in. So that's good. <laughs> On to the zeros thing. We're talking about uh, Geno Smith. And look, slightly referenced the uh, the charges earlier. And uh, my zero is Austin Eckler. And here's the reason why. So depending on your scoring system, Eckler likely scored less than 10 points this week. And that's two weeks in a row that that's been the case. And with the draft capital spent on him and the ability he has, there isn't anyone benching him, right? Like no, everyone, no. if you've got Austin Eckler, you are playing that man. But he's RB26 on the year. Four rushing touchdowns, three lost fumbles for the year. Right? He And he's also missed three games due to injury. The Chargers are bottom of their division on four and seven, which blows my mind when you look at that division yeah like they should not be four and seven they should not be at the bottom of it it's it's crazy there's questions about their coaching staff and 
for Eckler, who is out of contract at the end of the season, this these performances right now leaves him just out in the cold, I think. He should be carrying this team on his back, and he should be like the number one weapon. Keenan Allen is up there, but when you're really needing to grind out wins or needing to get results, it's usually going to be on the back of a you know, a, a top-tier running back, right? Rather than the this risk of, of wide receivers or whatever. Uh, and I don't know. Whether he's playing through injury, I'm not sure. But I, I don't th- think I don't think he's... He might not have a job next year based on all this. I think... I agree wholeheartedly with everything you've said. Um, I think this is the worst possible universe... For Austin Eckler, he is, mm. I was going to say he's aged, he's 28 years old, which is typically what they call the running back cliff, right? This is when you you lose your burst, you lose your, your legs, you lose your dynamic speed. He's coming off contract. He's, he's sort of living the Kirk Cousins reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody needs a serviceable quarterback. You know, you look around the guys who are out there playing in this league, and there are a lot of quarterbacks worse than Kirk Cousins. He will find a landing place. Not everybody needs a 29-year-old, my height, tired legs running back. And when you talk about his four rushing touchdowns, he has five combined touchdowns on the year. Yeah. When you talk about fantasy football points output, 2022 Austin Eckler, Scored 18 touchdowns. That's so good. Give me that all day. Yeah. So he could have been putting up the same yardage last year and you would never have noticed because he was averaging a touchdown every single game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's possible this is the last time you see him as a starter in the league. I I haven't listened yet to his podcast, but I hope he's good at it because... There could be a few more episodes coming out next year. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And look, I don't. I, I don't want to see the guy. You know, go go down like this. He seems like a great, a great player, but I just don't see. I don't see any contracts coming his way. Yeah. Well, particularly like his story is amazing. He's he was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't even picked up in the NFL draft. He had to send videos of himself performing well to NFL teams and say, please pay me to do anything. Mm. You know, and he became one of the best running backs in the league. But at one point, his fastest run last week was 13 miles per hour. I don't think in terms of miles per hour, but during the hard knocks preseason when Brees Hall was coming back from injury. Yeah. Coming back from a torn ACL in the preseason, he was in 21 miles an hour. And the, the quickest, like Tyreek's hitting 22 this, this year or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and like, well, okay, out there running through mud. Yeah, we don't, we don't need the Tyreek speed, but we need more than 13, bro. You need really? To be 13? Yeah. Could I, run, could I run 13, do you reckon? I don't know if I could run 13. I, I, mean, I'd love, I wish that we'd gone out and clocked ourselves before. <laughs> that would have been a great segment. That would have been. <laughs> Maybe just nick out there. Yeah, uh, it's. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's let's see what happens there. But I mean, how again? Going back to the draft, next year's draft. How how far does he fall? It will depend if he's even signed. But where does he where does he end up? 
He's going to be a landmine. He's, if he's not signed, he's going to be a absolute landmine in the fantasy draft next year. Yeah. 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 Because I agree. Someone's going to have to pick him up in the sixth round because if you get signed, he's, he's an automatic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Max, who were you not impressed with? So keeping to the charges, I've, and this, I think is our first coach, perhaps. It I've is. gone with Brandon Staley. Mm. Brandon Staley, head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, because the dude is just, he is wasting generational talent and doing nothing with it. Like I feel so bad for Justin Herbert. So exceptionally bad. Like Keenan Allen put up a very good fantasy line this week. He got something like 14 receptions. Mm-hmm. But I think it took him those 14 receptions to get to 100 yards. Yeah. You know, like, his depth of target is, like, when Justin Herbert is throwing it, the schemes that they're writing up for him are not even getting over the line of scrimmage. The offense is just anemic. He, he won't last the season, right? He's, he can't. They've, they've got a... Well, but, I mean, I, I don't know. Is this is this a lost season for the Chargers? I know they're bottom of their division, but the Broncos are only a game or two ahead. The Raiders are only a game or two ahead. Like, there's a world where the Chargers play themselves back to 10-7 and seven if they win out from here. They're not doing that. Are they? Uh, but, like, if, if, if I said to you that a team with Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen couldn't, Win out from here? Yeah, they they could, but not. I mean, not under the schemes they're operating on. Yeah, that's it. So Brandon Staley's got a just got a winning record with the team, twenty three and twenty two. Mm. But of those twenty two losses, seventeen of them are one score games. Wow. Okay. Three quarters of the career losses are one score games, and that's what we saw this week, and that's what we saw last week, and that's what we saw the week before. There is something about this team that is entirely incapable of winning close games. Yeah, which we've seen for a long time, a long time. We didn't actually reference uh, in sort of news this week the first sacking. Well, not the first sacking of the year. Is it the first sacking of the year? Frank Reich. Uh, uh, the Raiders coach got the boot. He did, yes. But so, yeah, Frank Reich. Yeah. But the uh, the Panthers had uh, seen enough and, uh, and on your way. Um Obviously, the end of season will there'll be plenty more. I think the Chargers might just see out the season with this guy. Um, they they might not fire him beforehand. I don't see see that happening. Um, I'm just yeah. having a quick look at their schedule coming up. The Chargers uh, next week at the Patriots, then home against the Broncos, then at the Raiders, and then home against the Bills. And then at the Broncos, and then at home against the Chiefs. Well, they're not going to win out. They're not going to beat the Bills and the Chiefs and the Broncos twice. No, they are not. No, I don't think that we'll see them making their way to the playoffs this year. I'll give them one of those games. You're going to win one more game this year? Yeah, they'll beat the Patriots. They're not going to beat the Broncos, and they'll play them twice. 
They're not going to beat the Raiders, and they're not going to beat the Chiefs or the Bills. Oh, they could beat the Raiders. Oh, the Raiders' defense is pretty good. They, they, no, they we should beat the Raiders. They should they, beat they the will, Raiders. They will lose to the Raiders in a one-score game. Tell you what, they might beat the Chiefs in the last game of the year because the Chiefs are resting every single person. So, yeah. Um, but the 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 defense there, they're not they're not beating them. Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, yeah. Sorry, Chargers fans. Looking forward to next week, though, Max. Who are you? Uh, who are you keeping your eye on? I've done a last minute pivot. It's, Hit me. It's a homer pick. It's Green Bay versus Kansas City. Ooh, yeah. Okay, I like it. Because I think Green Bay is going to win that game. Is it in? Is it in Lambeau? Yes, it's at Lambeau. I like that. It's at Lambeau Field in the cold. Not that the Chiefs don't play in the cold at Arrowhead, but Lambeau's a tough place to come and win. It honestly looks to me like the Packers are starting to heat up. I still don't see how the Chiefs are winning games. No, correct. Yep. Are you basing this very heavily on the performance against the Lions? No. No? Okay. The week before we beat the Chargers, 23-20, we've lost close games this season. I just think that the team looks like they are coming together. Mm. Jordan Love, I thought, looked very good that um, game on Thanksgiving. Yep. But I just thought that the team looked good as a unit. The defense yep. made the Lions' offense look pretty shaky. Yep. And I honestly, I think that the Thanksgiving win will have done a great deal for the Green Bay locker room because mm. Green Bay is now in a, even if they lost to the Chiefs, run the table, make the playoffs scenario. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, beat the Chiefs. And they can afford to drop a game to the Vikings at the end of the year, potentially. You know, it's it's they're in a scenario where they their destiny is entirely in their own hands. I just think they're going to be more up for it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot, actually. It, it it is interesting how you say. I just don't know how the Chiefs are winning. I feel exactly the same about that. I, I watch their games. I'm just like, well, sometimes they get it done. What are they? Eight, the eight and three on the year at the moment. So, you know, they, they have dropped a, a couple, but who hasn't? I'm just not willing to write them off totally from Super Bowl contention, right? Because it's the Chiefs, and they know how to win, and they mm-hmm. can find ways to win, and they have schemes that no one else ever sees or anything like that. That Come playoff time, it's, it's all on. Mm-hmm. And saying that, though, if they got knocked out in the first round, I wouldn't be surprised about that either. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I, I think what's going to make it tough for the Chiefs this year is it looks like the Ravens should be the number one seed in the AFC. Yes. Which means that the path to the Super Bowl for the first time in God knows how long does not run through Kansas City, Missouri. Mm. Mm. So they're playing in hostile stadiums. I mean, like I wouldn't put money on them to lose the Super Bowl, but... When you think about the teams they're going to have to play, both to get there and to win, I just don't think they've got it. Yeah, I don't think they can play the Ravens and then the Eagles in back-to-back weeks and win them both. No, no, I would agree with that. For me, two very much Super Bowl contending teams is the team, uh, the game I'm watching next week. Um, 
I mentioned earlier there's six teams on a buy this week, and so I, I actually found trying to choose a game that I liked a little bit hard. Uh, but I, I'm saying that like I'm not going to consume every single minute of NFL action like I do every week. So whether it's good, good, bad, or ugly, I'm watching it. Uh, but I'm, I've, I went with the 49ers versus Eagles. So a couple of absolute heavyweights here, uh, and they'll slug it out. Both wanting to continue with a surge of momentum uh, heading into the NFL playoffs. Uh, both are stacked with absolute fantasy gold, and the matchups don't matter as well. Everyone's a stud. If you've got a 49er or an Eagle in your fantasy lineup, you play them. And it's, yeah. and it's that simple. So it's not been flexed to prime time game, which I found interesting um, because this is the time of the year that those games do get flexed. Well, you know who the good teams are by this stage of the season. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... No, the primetime primetime games is uh, Seahawks Cowboys uh, on your Thursday night football, um, and then you've got uh, Chiefs Packers. Oh, there you go. That's primetime. Lambo and primetime classic. Lang- Lambo and primetime. Love that. And then Bengals and Jaguars. Uh, so that's awesome. Good work there, NFL. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a great game. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be high scoring or not, but I think, I think it, will it be. should. I think it should be high scoring because both of them have got pretty beaten up secondaries. They do. That's like you true. should be able to. You should be able to chuck on both of these teams very happily. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. And in uh, the team that I have a lot of hope for to win me a championship this year, I have Jalen Hurts as my QB and George Kittle as my tight end. So I am heavily invested in this game. Do you also have Christian McCaffrey? I also have McCaffrey. Yes, I forgot about him. Oh, what a man to forget. Yeah. What a, what, a, forget. what a name to forget. What a name to forget. All righty. Well, wrapping up for the uh, for the week, uh, Max, uh, the, the F1 came to an end, um, and Max Verstappen ended up uh, winning every single thing you could, minus mm-hmm. one race. Um, so he'll be gutted about that, and they'll be ruining his summer, no doubt, uh, but has led, uh, now has the record for leading the most laps ever in a, in a season, uh, over a thousand laps. Um, what's your take in next year? Uh, the rest of the constructors going to catch up or are we going to see Red Bull dominance again next year? I'd like to say the rest of the pack's going to catch up, but I don't really see how. Mm. Red Bull's just won the championship, so they've got more money than anybody else. Mm-hmm. They've already got the fastest car, and they've already got the best driver. So I don't, I don't really see how anybody beats them. Um, what I'm excited about in the Formula One next year is I think they're changing the tire blanket rules. I believe so, yes. So everybody yeah. coming out of the pit lane is coming out on cold tires. Yeah. So I really look forward to the Williams cars just spinning down the main straight, cleaning up other vehicles like bowling pins. <laughs> Have they increased the budget for all the crashes that are going to happen uh, coming out on cold tires? No, I hope not. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they have. I don't think they have. Uh, moving on to other sports, uh, the summer of Test cricket has begun. Uh, we the Black Caps have just kicked off against Bangladesh, and as this time of recording, uh, it is 129 for two in the second session of the Bangers versus New Zealand. Um, so yeah, lots of T 
test match cricket to watch there, which is lovely. So yeah, and hats off, hats off to Bangladesh. I don't know what time it is live in Dhaka, but it's really good time to watch New Zealand. It is. Yeah. Four thirty, four four p.m. Four thirty kickoff. That's great. You get eight hours of cricket and then go to bed. Yep. And free to free to air for our New Zealand. And you can watch it on the Three Now app. So get amongst that. Um, onwards and upwards. Um, no pillar of fantasy football this week. Uh, it's really just down to just concentrate on your teams and try and make the playoffs. Always a vision.